The Fitness Reborn podcast is a companion piece to Renaissance Fitness personal training. This podcast is to serve as educational and entertainment purposes only. It does not in any way constitute as medical advice. If you have a medical concern, please seek out your provider. Hello and welcome. This is the uh, latest episode of the Fitness Reborn podcast. My name is Sean from Renaissance Fitness Personal Training, where we put movement ahead of workouts. And uh, my guest today is Dr. Hema Morty. She is a trainer and who relieves pain for women over the age of 50. And uh, I'm really excited to talk to her because that's that's actually something I have a very specific interest in, uh, women over 50, people over 50. And uh, whenever I find a kind of a kindred spirit here, I'm kind of very eager to kind of get talking to them and see what their uh, take on this whole thing is. Because um, I don't think it gets out there enough. Um, but uh, Dr. Hema, thank you, welcome. Thanks for having me. It's uh, great to be here, and I'm glad to hear your intro about you having the same interest because uh, it's an under underdeserved population. They're not served as well as they could be. I yeah, I totally I totally agree. So before we actually get into all that, I like to know where people come from, so the audience knows as well, so they have kind of like a context in which to draw from. So um, just take us through the backstory. What brought us here today, talking about this very issue? Well, I'm a, an engineer by training, and uh, I used to do a lot of fit, my own fitness, basically as a stress relief thing. And uh, when I went through the traditional, in air quotes, pat patterns of going to the gym, doing the thing, and I was a r long distance runner because that was the best way, easiest way to minimalist, get your stress out, and you know, continue on with your work. Um, I found there was a lack of information for a just you know in that at that time frame was just you know just female training that was specific to um, the female physiology or pain in general. Um, there was this uh, kind of track that you went into. It's almost like you know in the Flintstones. If anybody saw that, you know those uh, purveyor belts with boxes, and then they'd go. Right. So it was almost like you got stuck into this. Oh, pain. Okay, you know. I'm going to stick you in this box and you're going to go to that, you know, this conveyor belt of, you know, seeing this person and that person. And then you're going to, you know, when you're all pain free air coats, uh, you're going to come back to me and then the trainer can, you know, pick out their cookie cutter um, uh, <laughs> trainer workout and then, you know, hit you with it because it's the same as the 300 pound guy that was, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger just left the bench press and you're going to go and <laughs> take down the weights and do the same workout. <laughs> Right. Uh, you know, it was so that that was the time frame that I came through. Um, so that's what I mean. That's not to say that now there's a lot more options. There's a lot more educated trainers who know that that's just not the way. But there was a time period where this was this industry was very limited in its offerings. So that's the kind of path that I came through. And I said, well, if I ever have the opportunity to fix this, I am going to do that. So, you know, when I uh, moved uh, to get closer to home, now I'm in Auto Canada and, you know, closer to home, I said, you know, I'm going to start a business where, you know, where I'm going to do this differently. Number one, I niched into the women over 50, uh, just realized that, you know, you really got to get specific over that underserved community. Um, you know, they just have a lot more things that I can identify with. Number one, I can help them with. I can uh, figure out, you know, how to get them back on their feet. And the number one complaint from that set of clientele that I encountered was that I don't want to miss my activities. It's my lifeline. It's my social life. I mean, I do have my family and my job and my house, you know, to take care of. But um, I need an out. And if I don't go play golf or, you know, play tennis with my friends, I'm really bummed and it affects everything. And, you know, the traditional path would be, you know, rest, ice, you know, stay right. at home, get away. And so you all of a sudden you've just cut, you know, almost like the COVID thing that happened with everyone on the planet. You just cut the lifeline of the suck, you know, the energy out of where their refill station, you know, where they filled up their tank. So I thought, well, this doesn't seem like the right solution. You should A, you know, why not? do the science we you know that's another thing science has evolved you know over the last 30 years exercise science 
And functional movement, which I know you tout a lot, which, you know, connects with me, is that is that whole science that has, you know, and Gray Cook and his uh, team and such, you know, equivalent such individuals in the world who have opened up and written and let regular, air quote, trainers um, privy to that information. So they would really be on our side, not talking down to us or uh, talking in a way that, gee, God, you know, why, why did you not get this in your training? They just accepted the fact that the regular training uh, certifications and degree programs sometimes did not fully address to the, uh, the amount that they needed to this question, that knowledge base of how do you fix it. And the other thing, too, is they just wanted to get the, you know, hit the rubber to the road kind of thing. They wanted to get the trainees, the clients, back on their feet. So they just wanted to give the trainer what is the minimal amount of, you know, kinesiology, human kinetics, um, you know, what other ana anatomical ish, uh, knowledge base they need. Fill in those gaps. Um, give them the exercise science for, uh, procedures that would get their clients back and go, oh, that's amazing. No one ever told me that. So they wanted to have that aha moment for both the trainer and the client. And I think that uh, vantage point of starting a, a business it was very different. Uh, so prior to that, we would have the whole chiropractic industry, the whole physiotherapy industry and the other rehab modalities available, but they would be like, send your client to me. <laughs> you know, you don't know enough. <laughs> you send them to me. I will fix air coat them and then give them back to you when we know you won't be able to hurt them or something to that effect. I mean, that was the general mindset. Of course, that's also evolved. Now we're, I would say, a better, happier family where we work through each other's strengths rather than trying to identify weakness in that training modality or the, you know, whatever uh, healing process modality. So that's my story on how I started my business. And then with this instant success, once I started it, I realized the uh, number of clients who would come to me right away in that, you know, number, the first few were not exactly that, uh, that uh, kind of definition. They were more just women in general. I didn't, uh, I didn't niche down into the age category in the beginning. I just said women in general who have, you know, issues with their regular uh, training, uh, kind of getting them going. If there's some hiccup that's going on in your training world, you know, come to me and I'm going to be that trainer, that person that, you know, if, if you're happy with what you're doing and you're on your way, that's amazing. That's all I want. But if there is some hiccup and it's preventing you from getting the training you need and your body isn't where it needs to be and you're not able to fix it or know what it is you need to do to fix it, then talk to me. First, we'll have a conversation See if we're a good fit. See if you like these suggestions I have. And if you're gung-ho on trying those things, you know, fine, let's talk. Let's get together and, you know, just – and I would uh, create that modality where they didn't have to go to a gym. I went to the client's home because I just wanted to get rid of all the hurdles. And the third thing that I did that I, was specific to me was I didn't want to be in their life forever unless they specifically – said, okay, I need Hema in my life forever because it, you know, she's satisfying this box, you know, may not be the training because you can, once you get the training, I can keep up updating that training for you at intervals of time. I don't need to be breathing down your neck. So, you know, I wanted them to own it. I wanted them to take the knowledge I'd give them. I wanted to train them to understand what they needed to do and where to get that information. So, Get more intelligent about the training. Be involved in the process and not just, you know, a zombie doing exercises, which is not where I wanted my clients to be. So all to say, you know, that's how I got to where I am now. And over the course of time, I wrote a book on trying to distill some of those teachings into a book. And that's on Amazon. And uh, it's called Professional Women's Guide to Handling Stress. Uh, so that's where I am now. And uh, I'm trying to do more of that. So you mentioned um, that you were a doctor of engineering. Yes, I am. Okay. So that got me thinking, like, do you think that your engineering background kind of led you into where you are now with this kind of like this very uh, sort of analytical mind and where you can see, you can see gaps and holes and where things don't really, 
you know, I, I, I maybe I'm wrong, but I kind of think engineers are kind of people who just naturally tinker with things. They just, you know, they just kind of they like they like to see how things work, how they're not working, maybe kind of and start figuring out how could this actually be working better. Now, you know, maybe this is I'm going on a limb here, but maybe that this is kind of what led you into the direction that you're going now. Absolutely. Uh, you know, as a systems uh, kind of thing of, of engineering mindset, as you aptly uh, noted, is that that specific fact, if something's not working, uh, your go to thought process is not, hmm, who's to blame? It's more like, what's wrong with this picture? You know, right. and what what can I maybe there's a just a tweak of the system that just needs to happen so that you know, the, it works better. And then I realized that the, you know, the gap was basically a traditional cookie cutter approach at the time. And again, I'm talking about my evolution of my, my business, which is over 20 years old now. So, I mean, at the time things have evolved now, they're not like that. In some places you can get more individualized attention from trainers and the training whole industry has evolved. But you know, back when I started it, um, that was the issue that it was more, uh, you go to the, it was only one modality. You go to a gym and then you uh, get assigned someone if you want to. Otherwise, you try to figure this out on your own with this array of things that you don't even know what they do and what muscle groups you need to work or how to put the whole thing together. So if you venture out to get a trainer, you would get a very vanilla uh, type process uh, through which that person would lead you and the next 10 people as well. And then, you know, off you go and then you'd see them as you could afford their time. So it was not the best model for health. And then I also noticed that this was just leading the average person, average being a hard thing to define, but a, if you selected a person at random and said, you know, and this is maybe uh Maybe even now, actually, I would I would hesitate, but I think even now it's a problem. So you just take the average person on the street and just that you met at Starbucks or something and said, you know, hey, what's what does working out or fitness, what does it look like? Now, you and I both know what that answer is. But if you took an, uh, a person who hasn't even thought about it and just, you know, said, you know, what does that look like? Uh, you're going to be starting on a, a fitness routine. What do you think you would be doing? And immediately, I'm sure 90% of the population would say, you know, I go to a gym, I see a trainer who breathes down my neck with a clipboard or, you know, now an iPad <laughs> and, um, you know, <laughs> and dictates to me things I don't understand, talks down to me because I'm fat or something or calls or thinks these names of adjectives of me that I uh, feel like less than I'm supposed to um, so that I would be you know, kind of beholden to them to cast down upon me their grace to give me three exercises that I could do. And that's just the whole, the whole problem. Because if you're seeing the person who's giving the information to help you as a person who thinks less of you, you've got a problem from the get-go. And that industry kind of promoted that whole you know, and I'm not saying the fitness industry is solely was responsible. There was also a whole bunch of other industries that got on the game and pounced and made us look really bad. Uh, the whole well health, you know, cosmetic and fashion and everybody else just, you know, just got on that thing and said, hey, I can, you know, I can bank off this because they'll buy my clothes to look better. And the whole thing was not about looks at all. That's a whole different, you know, department, all in a different industry. Our industry set out to create a bridge between the average human being and their medical practitioner so that their that. health yeah, their health spectrum can be self-dosed or self-governed. Um, and our industry was designed... I mean, from the get-go, I, I don't think people were malicious. I think the get-go, the industry came about because there were some intelligent people who realized that, you know, there's the human being and then there's the medical profession. And we need to make the times fewer that they need to get themselves there because, hey, you know, why should they be there? Why should we strap some uh, some things that they can help themselves with? Why should we strap that on the all overburdened health industry? And 
that's a good idea. If there's some way we can introduce some knowledge base in the average person, just enough to say, okay, I need to fix this because I'm not as healthy as I could be. And they could fix it themselves. So this ramifies into all phases of fitness. It's not just the workouts, although I, I drilled into that because Tim's were having this image thing that I, I would encounter every time I encountered a client. The first thing she said is, I got hurt at the gym. I got hurt doing a workout. And so they get this bad taste that somehow ramifies into the industry. You know, one person, one workout, one group fitness program where they're standing at the back and the instructor can't see them. Like there's 20 people in this room and I got to focus on the one which I know has a bad knee. And you're standing at the back and I, you know, can't see exactly. So you got hurt and that ramifies into this whole bad taste. And, you know, they're, they're not going to trust people anymore. So that just had to be quelled. Yes, you may, may have made the wrong choice of a group fitness exercise, and maybe I can give you some education to determine whether that particular class was the best one for you, or did you need to have some one-on-one uh, -on -one time and just invest in it so that you can pick a better group fitness class that's less damaging to your body. You see, that's just the knowledge mm -hmm. base that needs to be fixed. And people know a lot about a lot of things these days. So it's not unexpected to fill up their knowledge base, to top it up with fitness knowledge. For example, uh, food got into this whole big uh, zoo type of a, an environment where, you know, you, you it's, talk. It's ridiculous. It. It's, ridic it? it's ridiculous. I mean, you don't even know where to start. I just, I just spoke to a woman just yesterday and it was over nutrition and we were just going back and forth. It's like, how do you expect anyone to figure any of this out? I mean, it's just like you're getting messages from one direction, you're getting messages from another, and you're just getting bombarded all these different all these different advertisements and, you know, experts, so-called experts. And it's like, like, what do you do? <laughs> exactly. And, and I, I totally, I know, I, I would echo what you just said, because that's exactly the problem that a, an average, you know, person who, like, I mean, it's no bad thing on them. It's just that they are getting confused with the whole, like you just said. So I just simplify the whole thing. And I say to them, I try to empower them. I say, sit down and just, you know, if you want to fix if you think, you know, you sat down and you said, okay, there's something not quite up to par where I want to be in my fitness, you know, pick, uh, um, pick one spoke, you know, because there's so many things that fitness is this big word, just like life. What's life? Life is every single thing you do. So, I mean, if I say there's something wrong with my life, like where would you start, right? So you write down, what does fitness mean? Okay, it's your, you know, how much sleep you got, how much water you got, and the list goes on. So just write those down and give yourself a score. No, don't ask me. Just give yourself a score. See where that score leads you. Where is the lowest rung? Start there. Now, if you need help with how to improve that score, then call me. But you know exactly what you need to do. Mm -hmm. You don't need a book. You don't need a podcast. You don't need to have these, although these help you like listening to things and making an intelligent uh, decision based on what you see on your educated guests, but you need a knowledge base. So of course you need information, but you also have to use your brain and say, okay, is this something that is simple or complicated? Because the solution to all of life's issues are the simplest ones. 99% of the time. It's very rare that it's going to be some big, complicated, like unless you have some it's really good. complicated medical it's issue. A good, now, it's a good that's a good message. Very good message. Right? And so if you have some complicated medical issue, I, I bow down to you and I say, yes, the medical experts will try to address that. But if it's just, you know, just you have confusion over this, you have, you know, and women, unfortunately, get the short end of the stick. Why is because they feel they are the care providers of their world. And so which is a good thing. However, it does deplete them in the other self care areas. And a lot of my clients, I would say about 99% of my client base since the last 20 years, the one tweak that they went home with was a self-care routine. And that could be, it's different for each client, but they figured it out. And they said, you know, okay, I need help with, this is the box that's the lowest score for me. 
what do I do? Like, I, I, I kind of know, but I want to know from you because you've got that you know, knowledge and I don't want to waste time trying this and that. And then I would give them the simplest thing possible. I mean, it's just so simple. I remember one of my, at one of my conferences, a uh, well-renowned uh, fitness personality was, uh, educated fitness personality was saying, um, you know, does anybody in this room, we all fitness trainers, or anybody in this room think that their client doesn't know the difference between a potato chip and a tomato? Anyone? Okay, well, I rest my case. Because the thing is, it's self-awareness. They've made the decision to do what they want to do for the goal that they have. So if their goal is not being met, then which of those eating patterns may address that? That's the question they just need to understand. Sit with yourself and say, which one of those patterns uh, should I tweak? And that's another thing the whole fitness industry got a bad rap on, is that they think they need to eat kale every day. You know, be, they think all of us never have enjoyed food. They think we're, you know, kind mm-hmm. of like, uh, what do you call those, soldiers of right. food eating zombies. <laughs> it's, kind of, it's, it's kind of funny, actually, too, because, you know, you know, I'll, um, you know, somebody, somebody will see me, you know, somebody who's around me quite a bit, they'll see me eating something like Twizzlers or something like that. It's like, wow, so you do splurge a little bit. I'm like, Which yeah. Like- uh, what does that even mean? I mean, are you trying to tell me that? Because- well, they, I mean, they, they, they know, they know me and they know how I live and they know what I, right. what I'm about. Common and, sense, right? Right. Common, the, first of all, life is for living and fitness, mm-hmm. all fitness professionals better buy into that or they're really not a fitness professional. Life is for living. And if you, if living means to enjoy, then they've got to enjoy life. Now, if it means that they have a higher goal for a certain amount of time, like an Olympic athlete, you don't think an Olympic athlete wants to chow down on a bag of potato chips. Yes, of course they do, but they have a higher goal temporarily for getting the gold medal at the next Olympics. So those years of training, they're putting that other goal at a higher level than their. So it's all about the choices. So they make the choice for a certain amount of time. Now, the enjoyment they get from getting somewhere in that Olympics is the same feedback, the same success uh, parameter as from enjoying their bag of potato chips. So it's a short duration uh, change in behavior. So it's not a sacrifice. And that's where people get this wrong because they think I'm sacrificing. No, you're not. You are wanting something more than this other thing. So the success feedback is the same the happiness feedback is the same but it's a choice you're going to make and people make those choices all the time yet they don't uh make themselves aware of it for example money like saving money and then they'll find ways to do they call that a sacrifice no they'll say no i want the house more right now than i do this other thing that i normally sell spend money on so for the short duration until we get the house we're going to do this change of behavior it's not a sacrifice it means i want that more than i want this sacrifice means giving up to the point of pain this is not that this is the they're looking in their mind what's in their mind okay the house the car whatever it is they want to buy that they need to save up on so They've made the short-term decision that they won't do this activity. They will save up for this. And when they get that goal, there'll be another goal, but they can still enjoy. Enjoyment is always going to be there, but they'd have to make sure that bank account of enjoyment is always full. Mm. If your bank account of enjoyment is not full, you're setting yourself for that spiral nosedive. And that's you know really where the whole image problem comes in. So I say the fitness industry doesn't have a knowledge problem. The fitness industry has an image problem. Trainers like you and I will go and put it on its head and say, you know, movement is a thing that's natural to the human being. Find what movement works for you and do it. And then Mm. be sensible about it. The whole, you know, your day and where you're spending your time and effort, you know, just look at that and be self-aware. That's where the message is. Exactly right. And I think, honestly, I think, and I've, I've been guilty of this too, is like, because we want to be such good trainers. And so we model ourselves against people who we know are very good trainers. But um, the problem is, is like we model ourselves, I think, too too much against 
perhaps the wrong or inappropriate kind of trainer. Like most of us are not working strictly with professional athletes. So, you know, having, having a kind of a regimen or an attitude, you know, that is that, you know, you're working with people whose job it is to make a living with their bodies. And so you expect certain things from them. You expect them to work hard. You expect them to show up. You expect them to be there, right. you know, however long they're going to be there and work themselves because this is actually their job. This is what their income, their, their livelihoods are dependent on. Most right. of us are not working with the, these types of folks. Most of us are working with average people. And so you are having to fit this into a life that is already running outside of you. And so I think, especially with people who are older, who have families and such, yes. that's where we, that's where we tend to go wrong. We tend to be too hard, too hard on them, too driven, expect way too much. And then what happens is that they end up, you know, leaving us because it's just, it's an, it's an overcommitment at that point. Yeah. It's an um, Olympic training program for a right. person who just wants to walk down the street and catch the bus. Right. Without so know dying. your audience. <laughs> yeah. So know your audience. Right. So, so, exactly. um, I did also read that. Now you said that um, you have you have a background in uh, a Eastern Indian philosophy. I do. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. So I thought I thought that was really cool. Um, so how how do you um, how do you integrate that into your practice, and that's how, really, do, how how does it apply? Yeah, that's a good question. That is really the prime driver of my business when I started it. I realized that this is the this is the salient feature of East Indian philosophy is that self-awareness and, uh, you know, there's two things that are, that are uh, kind of the prime uh, attributes of East Indian philosophy, the prime teachings. One is know where you are and where you want to go. And then number second, uh, number two is that um, do it in small steps. So I took those two teachings and applied it to training. And exactly what you said, you know, my client does not want to be, you know, the next Olympic athlete on the next Olympic. She wants to be able to pick up her kids without pain. She wants to get up, do all the stuff she does in her day, um, address all this stuff and be really good at work, be a great mom, be a great wife, be a great, you know, friend, sister, all the roles she plays, community supporter, all the things. She wants to do all of that and be healthy. She also wants to do all of that and be pain-free. Um, and so if that means working out at home three times a week, she'll do it, but she has to be aware of that. That's what she wants to do. So if she's going from nothing, like just basically what you said, if she's going from nothing, she's done none of those activities, none of those self-care routines. And that's where she's, this is 90% of my clients, they come to me and they say, well, you know, I hurt myself doing this and I want to get rid of it. And I know if I went to my regular routine, they'll stick me with a, you know, a practitioner and then I'll waste a lot of time and money driving to that. And I, I have a feeling you can help me faster at home. So I said, yes, and that's how and all the rest of the business model started. I start from where they are. Uh, doing nothing, okay, then three times a week, you know, walk around the block. Uh, your eating is not 100%. Okay, then one time a week, pick one meal and design it, you know, so that you think it's a little healthier. Like you sit down and you design it, not me. You design it so that you think it's, you know, whatever you've got in the fridge lying around, not any go shopping type of activity involved, whatever you got, just make it a little healthier than it normally would be. You tell me what that would be. So go from what, where they are and do small steps. And once they've created that habit, they love it. It's a habit. It's a part of them. So after the two-week cycle, I'll start a new habit. Okay, where else do you think we need to work? And I'll ask them. They'll say, well, maybe I don't drink enough water. I say, well, you know, what are you doing now? And then they'll tell me. And I go, okay, well, at one of those instances, drink another sip. <laughs> you know, we start from that. Or, you know, I don't like water. Okay, what do you like? You know, and then they'll tell me what they like. Okay, well, one of those instances substituted with that thing. You know, make sure you have that at home, whatever it is you like. You know, so they go from where they are in a very user-friendly way to, you know, after six months or so to being uh, unrecognizable by their friends because they've got all these great habits that they love to do. I didn't tell them to do it. 
They just wanted some bigger thing. So that's their Olympics. Their Olympics is getting through their life, doing all the things they do without any pain, without having to go to the doctor, without having any issues whatsoever. No migraines, no back pain, nothing. I don't want any of that. Okay, well, I can get you there. And they follow these simple steps. Every two weeks, we'll change up the habit, add on. So they have their previous habits. And so it's a habit uh, building lifestyle. So at the end of it, they've developed a new them, which has different habits than they, different habits than they normally have. And they love those habits because they've figured them out themselves. And that's where that's East Indian philosophy in action is starting from where you are and building a motivation into that. So it's not somebody top down saying you need to do five pushups, but it's the woman saying, hey, you know, I need to pick up my grandkids. Uh, the weekend they're going to be over and I'm a little feeling. And I said, well, you know, what do you think? Do you think you want to try a wall pushup or something to build up some of that you know, uh, ability in your in your pickup, and then they'll say, "Oh, I could try that." So they start with the wall, and they end up with the chair, and then they end up with the floor, and they all can do one push up, and they amaze themselves on the floor—a full blown push up—and then they go from there. And before you know it, they're doing a whole set or three sets of ten push ups on the floor, full blown. I mean, it's amazing for me to watch, but this is East Indian philosophy in action: start from where you are, do a small step to get to where you need to be. Keep focused and keep your motivation in mind and, you know, keep the goal in mind and remind yourself of the goal each day. Right. That's right. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Everything sounds easy in theory, right? But, yeah, putting into practice can be something else. Um, So you've been been doing this for 20 years now, so you've seen a variety of people. Um, I know it's kind of hard to really – put your finger on what really is the number one thing, but I'll ask you anyway. So, or I'll ask you this. Um, what do you, so most of the, what do most of the people who come to you come to you with, with terms of like complaints or services they want help with? So, you know, we've already, we we touched upon that, you know, almost all of your clients, 99% of them, because they're women over 50, you know, they have like the, um, the self care issue, which, you know, that's, that's been, that's been gone over before too. That's more of a kind of a societal issue. We're talking about more of like a, um, getting at more of like a a physiological or pain point or something, something that has to do with their actual physical body that they want you to address. So what's like, what's, what's the main thing that you see? Yeah, I see basically all of them have, um, either some extracurricular activity like golf or tennis or, um, or or horse riding, or just from life, there will be some nagging pain issue, like a back pain, a shoulder pain, a hip pain, uh, knee pain. Those are the common ones. And when you walk it back, um, and, and now we've talked for a bit, so you, everyone knows, I don't just say, oh, you've got this pain, here's the answer, you know, off you go. I want to know what came, when did it come up? How long has it been going on? Um, and when did they notice it? <laughs> All different answers. Uh, mm-hmm. But if you examine their lifestyle and figure out where it came out, there would be some repetitive syndrome. Well, some are blatant, like one client fell off her skidoo. And that's a total back injury that I rehabbed. Well, and that's another word that people don't understand. All it means is rehab, rehabilitation back to its original framework. And so all that means is that you create a schedule. You're here with the pain and you want to be somewhere else, point B, without the pain. How do we get there? So based on their lifestyle and their physiology and how they move, their anatomical flexibility and stability, um, I create a plan, a schedule. So in this many months, this is how we're going to progress. They get the buy-in. I mean, they have to say, okay, this is what I want to do. They're kind of uh, going to remind themselves of that. So to answer the original question, usually it's that kind, there's a set of clients that have an actual injury from a falling off a horse, falling off skidoo, um, a tennis, uh, you know, incorrect move, uh, or same similar with the golf. Now, there's another category of clients who just from life, for example, um, getting out of the car incorrectly, picking up a kid incorrectly, picking up something incorrectly, um, an incorrect footfall from um, running for something, 
Uh, so just life types of injuries where they've incorrectly moved. Now with age, the body's less forgiving, so they don't snap back the next day and, and go, oh, did I do that? No, that's going to be a nagging thing, and it's going to be there for a week. So with age, they don't just jump back. and so uh, Or depending upon the severity of it also, they don't jump back, and there's something that needs to be addressed. So instead of going to the traditional route, and sometimes they do, sometimes they will see the chiropractor or the physio first, and they will provide them with their your gamut. Here's a bucket of exercise for you to do, and you're going to do these at home and see me. Um, and then I, I try to be a little more, maybe because I can afford the time to do that, but I try to be a little more uh, understanding of their situation and try to minimize that and uh, be a little more sympathetic to the amount of time they have to do remedial exercises. They need to also be motivated to understand why they're doing each one. So my client base is very intelligent. I make them intelligent. I try to create an understanding of why are you doing this? Why are you doing it three times? Why are you doing it, you know, this many sets and how many, this many days a week? What happens when you don't, you know, how do you feel? Um, and how can we offset this injury so that you're back up doing all the things you love to do? So I, I think I keep reminding them, you're not doing this because you love doing this. <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. come say, I think I'm going to do five squats today because I love those. You know, you do it. Because, I mean, this is, we're talking about people want to get back to health. They want to get, live their life. So I tell them, okay, well, if you do these, this particular thing for you, and it's just got your name on it, this is not something that your neighbor or friend is going to do with you. You're going to do these, and I, you know, I can be there to help you. You're going to do them so that tomorrow you will not have pain when you, know, you have to stay late and you have to work another hour or so on this, whatever it is, project you're working on. You're not going to have that back pain because you did these uh, helpful exercises beforehand. So if you keep that up, then you can live your life without the agony of the, the pain feature coming up. That's not going to come up for you. And true, uh, I mean, the thing is they do test it out and give me some, they give me some um, uh, airtime and then they try out what I say and then they find, oh, wow, I didn't even know I had it. I mean, there was this one woman who was going out for a dog walk and, uh, you know, just out of the blue, like no prior uh, issues, just her feet started hurting and she couldn't finish her dog walk. This isn't something she does all the time. And so when I looked at that and uh, realized there was just a weak link and it just stuck its ugly head at that moment. So it was just waiting for an opportunity when she was probably run down, tired, whatever. But there was a weak link in her um, stability mobility uh, vector. And so I you know, worked on that. And then she said, I can't believe it. Like, are you a magician or is, how does that, you know, how do you know that? So yeah, yeah. Years of training, call it right. if you want. <laughs> That's great. That's great. So really it's like, um, most of the clients that you see are not looking to make this really a lifestyle per se. It's really kind of like a, I want to get back to what my lifestyle was. And so, like you said earlier, like you want to be able to uh, send them out the nest at some point. Now, how, how long are most people, how long are most of your clients with you? I mean, I know that kind of varies, but generally speaking. Yeah, well, what ends up happening is that once the pain uh, issue goes away and they're good to go, they do go on their own with exercises that I've provided them so that mm -hmm. they go ahead and they now know how to change up their exercises on their own. So I'm really impressed. It's like sending a kid, you know, off to do their own thing. And then I tell them that if anything happens that needs, you know, uh, changing or you need to, you know, change up your workouts every so often or things are not looking like they need to, you come and see me. So I would say an injury uh, onset to, um, them being on their own is very short um, in the recent past, only because I've become very good at dissecting where the problem is. But prior to that, I would probably take at least six months with them. Uh, now it's becoming more like a three month to four month uh, because I'm getting faster at figuring out where I need to address their exercise program and their, you know, the whole thing, food, sleep, uh, the whole uh, gamut of their uh, fitness activities and just fix all of that and try to advise them accordingly. Then they work on those things. And by the time they get it all together, it's usually four months by the time that pain situation, the pain actually uh, diminishes pretty soon uh, after they start on the program. 
but they want to keep up, make sure it doesn't rear its ugly head, or there's some other area they want to work on because they think it's negligent in their in their work, in their uh, current lifestyle, and then they work on that with me. So they'll stay at least, uh, I think, three to four months for per client. Roughly. Okay. <laughs> That, that sounds perfectly reasonable, honestly. I mean, if you're doing any kind of effective work, I think that should be about it. Um, of course, know. there are some that, um, you know, we talked about them that just want me completely in their life. That just right. provides a certain service for them. Well, I, I think that's that, that really, I think that's kind of more of a, that's more of a social thing, I think. It it's is. like, you know, they, you know, you've grown, they've grown to really enjoy your company and they yeah. want you around more. They may not necessarily need you in the sense that they don't have these acute pains anymore. Right. And so it's right. not the rehabilitative. Hey, it's just like, this woman is my friend and yes. we just kind of, you know, she trains me and we just kind of, we so it's a social hour yeah. as well, as well as a physical you know, a physical sure. as well. Yeah, but, and they, uh, they all know, also know that there's a certain portion of the population that are prone to pain because something is just mm-hmm. na- nagging, and then they uh, keep me so that that doesn't rear its ugly head. So, yeah, you're you're right. totally right. It becomes a comfort zone thing. Like, I like Hema, so, you know, Coach Hema is it, and I'm just going to go with her and do my sessions with her forever and ever until I can't. <laughs> Right, right. Now, do you ever uh, come across clients that are just kind of resistant to the things that you've you've proposed to them, or just like, or they they're either resistant, they either don't really believe everything they're hearing, or there is a touch of fear in it? Because I've I've noticed that myself, like particularly if we're talking about you know women over fifty in their sixties and something like that, we're talking about introducing them to weight training, mm-hmm. and you know a lot of them may still have this idea of weight training that it's going to turn them into Arnold Schwarzenegger if they get it, if they get too much into it, and that's not what they want. They don't want to lose they don't want to lose their you know their their femininity to weight training. Um, we we both know that's we wish non- that was true. <laughs> right, right. We we both know we both know that that's nonsense. I mean, most of the men working out will never look like Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> wish. but it yeah we yeah we we really do. But um, <laughs> I just I just know that there are, there are people out there that just kind of like the the commitment and they know that it's not going to be the most pleasant thing in the world. And that's kind of I think some of the hardest things about working as a fitness trainer is that. If you're honest with them, you're going to tell them this is going to suck sometimes, but you know, it's, it's to, uh, it's to a higher purpose. So do you ever, um, you ever have, uh, come across people like that that just kind of been very, um, you know, have given you a lot of pushback? Uh, I have been very lucky and I think it's because my intake, uh, vector of how I do intake, um, Again, the engineering mindset, I think, kicked in. I didn't do it the way it was traditionally, um, you know, suggested that people intake be done. Um, Here's some forms, you know, and I'll see you. Um, We'll have a little chat, get to know each other, and off we go. Um, I have found that um, I've had to do it my own way. And basically what's my own way is, you know, I I spent um, a little time getting to know them. and I know that's really a nebulous way of saying I really don't know. I can't put my finger on it. But I do talk to them in a different way, almost like I'm just getting to know them. And, you know, let's not talk training right now. Let's talk nothing right now, actually. Like, you're getting to know me. I'm getting to know you. Let's, you know, what what's your favorite drink? Or, you know, what's your favorite movie? What's your favorite book? You know, we just talk for a bit. And then we kind of, at some point, mosey around when it's comfortable talking about what is it that they expect from me, you know, what is it that, what is, what made them seek me out or how can I help? Them? I guess that that's really the question. How can I help mm-hmm. them? You know, kind of thing. Like they walk into a store <laughs> in the fitness store. What can, how can I help you? Right. So I think, um, I think my language is less, uh, you know, coming from that engineering background, my language is more like I have been in the trenches with this really horrible, I've been on the receiving end of really horrible training. And I know nothing to say about the industry is just that one instance. And I just don't want anyone to ever have to undergo that. And because they don't need to, there's a million people. And so I think I I also give them the opportunity to say, you know, we're approaching this from, it, it doesn't have to be me. <laughs> you know, here's what you may need to do. Do you agree? 
is this what you need? You may need to do this. You may need, I mean, not knowing the full circumstance, but this is from what I'm hearing. You know, if, if that was me, this is what I would do. Is, is that something you would think you would be would be doing? That's You see yourself doing that. that those are the kinds of things I, I guess I seek them out. And I also give them an out. I tell them, you know, those are the things the industry or the fitness knowledge base that I have will will say you need to do. These are the, you know, maybe three things that you would need to do to fix what, you know, what you want to get fixed. And um, it may not be me. So I would seek out someone who would address these. Do you agree? And then they say yes. And I said, well, you know, if you want, I will give you, you know, can schedule a session, try me out, and there's no commitment. You know, I do that also. And if I see trepidation, I do that. If not, I will sign them up for however member they need and say, you know, that's what you need to do. Is that something? And I always give them the opt out. You know, my business plan is that maybe not, you know, recommended, but I always say, you know, look, if something doesn't feel right, off you go. And, you know, because we don't, last thing we want is, you know, chalk on a, on a board. You don't want these mm-hmm. uncomfortable situations. No one wants that. Life is too short. So things don't feel right, off you go. I'll always be there for you, though. You know, uh, hit mm-hmm. me on whatever question you've got, like no big deal. Um, So I give them a lot of safe space, I think, and I'm not very top heavy. Um, Even when I'm talking, I know what's funny thing is uh, when I was talking, teaching live yoga classes, you know, pre shutdown, when I was to in person, I should say not live in person classes, um, uh, women would come to my yoga classes. And this is related to the fitness question you just asked, but women would come to the classes generally, and then they find it so refreshing because I teach it from an authentic, uh, original East Indian uh, yoga methodology that I use in the class. So they find it so, this is so interesting. I got to bring my husband. And I'd say, I'm bringing my husband next week. And then I'd say, oh, good more the merrier i'm not you know it's not just a woman only class you know sure and so i would assume that they're going to stay one class and off they go because you know they're just not for them maybe i don't know that's i didn't realize so they bring their husbands to the next few classes the husband signs up for um the class uh the rest of the season whatever the member of classes and Lo and behold, they come every single week. They don't make excuses that they have to wash their hair or something. You know, they, they keep coming to class. And I'm saying, oh, this is interesting. Okay, well, I hope you're liking the class. And they say, yeah, it's amazing. I wish everybody taught yoga like this. So all to say, the women end up uh, having to do other things and the men keep up. And the next season, the men restart the class. So I've had male clients also, even though my niche market for my business is women over 50 uh, that's my market that I specialize in. But I do have uh, a significant number of male clients who like this philosophy of training. So as you point out in the very beginning, it's, you know, it's training, but it can be applied to everybody. Yeah, exactly right. So I want to ask you, um, since you work, your niche, like you said, is uh, women over 50. So what have you found are the the needs in terms of fitness that are really more you know, applicable to what, let me say this, let me say it like this. What do women over 50 need that men over 50 don't necessarily need? Or if you, if, if you've noticed any real differences at all? Um, no, the, the, the large answer is no, but I think that the way the mindset is, the comfort level is with me is probably better from the, from the start with women, mm-hmm. like a, a random person that I don't know, woman over 50, can quickly in seconds identify with me and ha- we get deep into the conversation like we were best friends really quick, more okay. uh, more quickly than I would if I had to start with a, a, a man over 50 that I don't know. Now, if it's a husband of my client, which is what has ended up happening, it's it's no brainer because I've visited their their wife with their training. They've seen me a hundred million times, and they already know me. And then they we start training, so that's not really the case. But if it was a fresh person that I don't know, then I think there would be different language, you know, that I would use, um, and there might be a different approach uh, to talking about their uh, trajectory for training and fitness. Um, and that would be the only difference. But needs? No. I think human beings all need the same thing. They need love. They need to feel worthy. They need, um, you know, a minimal amount of self-awareness, 
you know, and we talk about things like the the things we talk about in fitness, like water, sleep, food, mm-hmm. and exercise. Those are fallouts of self-awareness. Because if you have self-awareness and self-love, then you will seek out those things that will make you more worthy of being healthy. You want your health to continue because you value yourself as a being. So that's the East Indian philosophy that I put first and foremost in my training. So I can get the client to a point where they care for themselves. Then everything I say is just so easy because I care about myself. So if you say, okay, you are sacrificing sleep, you know, that extra hour of TV maybe could be better used to get another hour and then your face will look more refreshed and you'll be able to address your work world a little better. They will buy into that. Why? Because they're already on that train of self-love and self-care. So if that train made a pit stop at the sleep station and said you need another hour, they will buy that and they will say, okay, i got to figure out how to get five more minutes and then another five, and then another five. So I put them on a schedule. I tell them, you know, don't gulp a whole glass of water at once. If you Mm. need an hour of sleep, you're not going to get an hour tomorrow and keep it consistent. Consistency is key in fitness. So get five more minutes tonight. Get another five minutes next week. And soon just add up until you're up to your half hour even, you know, and maybe that'll make a difference. Maybe that's all you need. So small steps, but that's all East Indian philosophy. You know, I try to create that mindset in them of self-care. If you make the client love themselves or, you know, motivate them to see how they can, then all the fitness information we give them will be swallowed and they will be on side. They will be a buy-in because it'll create that space for them to care for themselves even more. Right, right. So so one thing I, I have, I've noticed as you, you've been speaking, is the, the concept of being self-aware. Like you applied it from the East Indian philosophy yeah. on through is the, is the constant uh, refrain of self-awareness. Mm-hmm. Now, I interviewed a, a gentleman a couple months ago. He kind of... He didn't say the word self-awareness, but he said something kind of a bit more, uh, a bit more acerbic. Like um, he thinks he thought that on the whole, it's just structurally, systematically. He's not talking about anyone in particular, but structurally and systematically, he thinks the fitness industry does more harm than good. Mm-hmm. Like the people within it are ninety-nine percent very good people and want to do right by people and they don't want to sell they don't just want to sell some junk that's gonna get them a whole lot of somebody's money and then leave them with nothing that, leave them with a program that's absolute garbage. It's not gonna do anything for them. Um that he that no he, he says that but he says that just structurally the fitness industry as it's set up because it's such a low entry a low entry a low barrier entry kind of organization where you know there's no regulation. There's no laws. Congress does not oversee it or anything like that, right. you know, or if you're in Canada, maybe parliament, but <laughs> um, there's no, there's, there's no one to say, uh, no one to, to pick out these, um, you know, these, these people who are just acting like scoundrels and don't really care about people at, at all. So would you, would you agree with that? Do you think there's an overall lack of self-awareness in the, in the fitness industry itself? You know, do you think it promotes lack of self-awareness? Do you think like it's just kind of the, the, the nature of the beast just kind of forces trainers to just, you know, not be very good trainers at heart? Um, well, that's an interesting question. I think the short answer is no. Um, I belong to uh, Canadian Fitness Professionals, CanFitPro in Canada, which is the largest uh, regulating body in Canada for fitness trainers uh, to be certified. Um, and uh, there's several others uh, that are also equally large. Uh, and all of them promote the idea, especially more recently with, mm-hmm. the, with the escalating um, advent of yoga in the home uh, and yoga practice on the individual level. Like it's not a class guys, you do it in the home, you're good. You know, that kind of mentality is now prevalent, especially after the shutdown issues of 2020. Um, Mm -hmm. I think that's become a big thing and mental health issues have become okay as a topic 
for trainers to talk about. So in my case, in the Canadian fitness scene, all of this, what we talked about for the past hour, is good to go for every single trainer. And in fact, there's more certification programs uh, designed specifically for that, number one, like you, you can be a, a specialist in that. Number two, they've inserted a lot of this information in the regular personal training curriculum as part of, you know, you have to pass that those set of questions on, on self-awareness and how to make the client more care for themselves and understand that that's an important. So in my sense, in my world, uh, the short answer is no. But I've also seen on the global scale, like um, some of the larger fitness organizations like IDEA and um, the European organization also go that vector. So I would say I have not seen this comment played out anywhere, uh, but that's not to say that in any industry, there's good engineers and bad engineers. There's mm. good doctors and bad doctors. There's right. good lawyers and bad lawyers. There's shark lawyers and there's snake oil lawyers. And then there's lawyers who really want to do a lot of good for you. So, I mean, that's another corresponding profession that gets a bad rap, like mm -hmm. the law. In it. So you can draw a parallel from there. So we all know good lawyers and we all know ones that are, you know, not the best. And they're going to be that in every profession and I think let the buyer beware the more educated we make our clients the more educated get uh, intelligent choices they will be able to make on trainer choice um, I think all my clients like I mean the sheer fact that I met one woman out of the blue and the first thing she said to me was when I told her what I did you know when she asked me of course that's another thing is that you know, you only offer up information when the client's interested in hearing what you have to do. So anyway, all to say is that I met this woman um, and she said, I got hurt in a group fitness class. And I was, my heart went out because you're just throwing away, you know, if you don't ever go to another group fitness class, you've thrown away another opportunity for you to, uh, you know, be happy. I mean, it's all about being happy. If I do this, I'm happier. And I know she was enjoying it, you know, being in a group, like all this stuff and the stuff that they were doing, making herself feel good, you know, all those endorphins, we know all about that, you know, and all of that. So she's missing that whole package of where she could benefit. And I thought, well, what can I do to help you better and uh, help, you know, make that a better thing for you? Do you want me to set up a group, a trial group fitness class, or like we have one on where you wouldn't have that experience and then I can show you how it doesn't have to be that? And she said, yeah, that's a good idea. I said, well, get five of your friends and I'll set up some, you know, really easy one-time payment plan and we just do this thing, you know, on Zoom and I'll set it up. And I, and I know, you know, I interviewed her. I also took the time to figure out where her pain points were coming from, what she would may have done to trigger that. So I figured that out. I also talked to her friends one-on-one uh, -on -one so that I knew nobody in the class would get hurt. I set up a special class for them, and now she's good to go. Now she knows what to look for. And I told her, this is what you need to look for in your next group fitness class. If you ever you know, find yourself on vacation and want to uh, hit one at the, at, the, at the hotel or something, make sure these things, uh, first and foremost, are not part of their class. Number two, I said, go talk to the instructor and tell them you've got this issue. So another problem we have in this industry is that we don't think we can communicate with people and have them respect us. We think, I have a knee pain. That means I'm just a less, lesser person than you <laughs> somehow. So I, told, I tell all my clients, you know, if you're in a hotel room and, you, you know, you want to do the group fitness thing or whatever you want to do, go talk to a professional and say, I've got this issue. I've been seeing a trainer back home, not here right now, but I want to do this thing and let them help you and let their knowledge base guide you because we're here to help. The whole industry is here to help you, not to hurt you. So I think that helped, you know, and that answered that question a little bit. So, <laughs> yeah, it's just, I mean, I just kind of wanted to, I, that was an interesting uh, opinion he had. Um, I think to some degree, I think I would be, I think I would agree because his business was strictly online. And, um, you know, we all know the things that we come across online and, you know, we, we know a lot of it is not very good. So, um, I just kind of wanted to get, I just kind of wanted to get, get your take on that because like you said, you were working with an underserved, uh, population and, you know, like, and like I'm you online said, now, so I, I, I understand that, but I think, it's going to be, let the buyer beware and, and mm -hmm. educating the public, you know, as, podcasts like this you know we've just educated whoever the listeners are that 
you've got to do your due diligence, you know, talk to your person who's doling out your exercise program or your wellness package or making you drink this juice or that juice. Talk to them one-on-one. They owe you that. If they don't have a free one-on-one, check them out immediately. They should always have a free consult. Every business, not just fitness, but any business worth their salt will always have a free consult. That's got to be, you know, quintessential to running a business, especially if it's online on top of that, because you don't know who you're talking to. And because you're seeing this uh, two-dimensional image, like what's behind it? What's beside you? What room are you in? Where are you sitting? You know, what are you doing the other 23 hours of your life? So. No, you know, that should be like a really, you know, red flag. You know, uh, I think people need to have uh, opportunity to talk to whoever's doling out exercise or, or you know, a fitness drink or whatever it is they're trying to help you with, even sleep, even something innocuous as yoga. You know, check them out and see, do they have even a cancellation or a refund policy? Look, I got hurt doing your class. Can I, you know, get it back? And the answer should be yes. Any business worth their salt will always look for the client's welfare. And I mean, have it written on your website. If you have an issue, we'll refund this portion of your, I don't know, you know, make, make it up, make it worth for your business. Like you have to have a business plan and be upfront. That's another thing, you know, be upfront with the fee schedule on your website or mm. at least tell them, I'm a phone call away. If this is what you need to know to make your decision, Let's chat. Let's get the benefits in front of you and say, now, is this worth it? You know, that kind of thing. So have a communication channel. And maybe that's what this is about. It's not about the bad credentials or the unregulated credentials. I think it's more about who is the person, you know, communicate with them. You need to get a good touchy feely. And that goes across the board. I mean, would you go on a Zoom call with, um, you know, a chiropractor? Would you go on a Zoom call with, um, you know, a legal professional. And if you're not getting the vibe, I would just say go move right along because you need to have communication. And I think that's really what this is hinting at. Mm-hmm. You know, how much communication do you have? And when there's that chasm of distance, you know, the Mr. Clipboard or the Miss Clipboard who stood and said five now or something, you know, push-ups or something went crazy, you know, and then they had this bad, bad uh, vibe in the gym and the gyms got bad reps and uh, then they got bad reputations with trainers. And that's how that nosedive happened and that's how this all happened. But I think essentially that's turning its head more with the prevalence of the acceptance of of yoga as a healing and an exercise methodology, along with the other uh, such methodologies, which are mindset oriented like Tai Chi and Pilates and all of those modalities, which are equally valid and equally create health in the population. Um, so I would say any any business will have those sides. And I would say it's up to us to educate a public on how they're going to decide on which trainer is going to help them and which maybe not for them. All right. Exactly right. So as we start, uh, we're going to start uh, winding down here. So in, in your future here, you've got this online practice, you know, you've got your, uh, your yoga practice. Um, what's next for you? Is there anything on your horizons that you're going to you're going to start rolling out here or is it just kind of like business as usual and doing no, my thing? No, never. Ever with me is always something bigger and better that we can okay. always do. And I think that's another sign of a good uh, fitness professional is that they're always doing something uh, right. on top of what they normally do. Um, I am starting – well, I, I started an online course for women over 50 who have pain issues. It's a five-week course. I ran the trial with a bunch of founding members, some clients who test drove it with me um, in the fall. I'm going to upgrade that and rerun it starting in 2023 with an onboarding nice. starting in <laughs> Thank you. So it's, um, it's a work in progress because as client uh, – populations run through it i will keep upgrading it as client feedback comes through so i want people to test drive it um in january it's going to be geared to the woman over 50 who has pain who wants to have some tools in their toolbox to do self-care before they go and um you know start cutting down their activity base um these are tools that are safe 
It just gives them techniques and they practice them with me. There's a, a Q&A each week with me live and when they register for the course. So they do the course material on their own. They'll get free download handouts so they can do these exercises um, and knowledge base also on how to create that environment of sustainability and consistency. I will make sure they stay consistent. So there's a free Q&A with me each week included with the course and a free download that they can use as a notebook to guide themselves through it. Once they're finished, they will be able to use these self-care techniques as their basic thing. You know, things you normally would consider you need a professional for, they can get their toolbox so that they can get simple things that they can do at home on their own without hurting themselves, like foam rolling, which is so underutilized. Um, how would you do that if you have issues? when you do have pain? What, what is the thing that you look for? What are the things to avoid? Um, those types of trainings are in that course and it's after 20 years of, of client-based experience. So it's, it's based on good client experiences. Great job. Sounds like good stuff. Good stuff. Thank you. <laughs> so I, Hema, oh, we have kind of a closing uh, tradition on the show where, okay. you know, we just kind of summarize things a little bit here. So, you know, we kind of talked a lot, a lot of stuff. We went over, we've talked an hour now. A lot of uh, material has been um, discussed. Um, but if there's one thing that if you wanted people to walk away from, from this episode, if they remembered nothing else, what would it be? I would want them to remember that every morning they should spend five minutes in their day to think about where they are, where they want to be, and how they might want to get there and take one step towards that. Simple enough. <laughs> well, you know, as we said, in theory, anything's simple, but, you know, but um, I think that's great advice. Yes, self-reflection, self-awareness, again, going back to that concept and just, yeah. you know, it's five, it's five minutes. You know, you, you waste five minutes just scrolling through your phone, you know? So, That's you know. exactly it. I know, we waste more time than that scrolling through our phones. <laughs> Well, Dr. Hama, um, thank you so much for coming on. This has thank been a, a, a great discussion. I'm sure that, you know, this this is going to reach quite a few ears and it's going to help them out a lot. I do know that the uh, the demographic that you do work with, it is underserved and underspoken to as well, because this industry just tends to be very youth dominated. And so that they just kind of you know, appeal to that demographic more than anything, which doesn't make any, any sense anymore, considering that the oh. aging population because of the boomers is just large and is in desperate in, is in, in real need of um, service. Yeah. We so, have to take care of everyone on the planet, Sean. And, and I think, I thank you for that opportunity to address um, thank you. that specific demographic. I thank you for coming on. I thank you for sharing your, uh, your knowledge with me and discussing, mm -hmm. um, everything about you with me, but, um, Thank you. well, there you go. There you go, folks. Um, this is the, uh, fitness reborn podcast. Again, I'm Sean for Renaissance fitness, uh, personal training. I will put, uh, information that you can get in touch with Hema, um, in the show notes, you can get, uh, her social media links. I'll, uh, post her, uh, her book that's on Amazon. I'll give a link on the show notes as well. So you can get a hold of that if you want it. Don't forget as well that I'm offering online courses myself. Speaking of online, I have online courses that I put up myself. This is um, uh, courses that are designed to help with common deficits and strength and coordination and balance, neuromuscular functioning, all that good stuff that, you, you know, especially speaking about aging and getting over uh, over 50, you know, as we get older, this stuff plays a bigger and bigger part of your life and you have to stay on top of it. Um, I'm not 50, but I'm not too far from it, you know, quite honestly, but, <laughs> but the earlier you start, the better, I would say. Um, but, um, uh, uh, Dr. Hama, thank you again. Thank you, Sean. Yeah. You, all right, everybody. Take care until next time. Hey, thanks for listening. Don't forget, you can become a supporter of the show by becoming a monthly subscriber. No commitments, cancel anytime. Every little bit helps, and I'd sure love your support. Also, you can click any of the links to our social media platforms provided in the show notes, and you can email me at renfitnesswarriors at gmail.com. That's ren, R-E-N, fitnesswarriors at gmail.com. If you got a fitness story to tell, I'd love to hear it. And you never know, you might just find yourself on the show. Until next time, train hard. Peace.